Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2, episode 222 of this daily study podcast. Lots of twos today. Uh, today we're studying uh, or finishing the study of August the 3rd to August the 9th and Come Follow Me, which covers Alma 43 to 52, Stand Fast in the Faith of Christ. And today we're going to focus on chapters 50 to 51, Unity Brings Safety. So it's an interesting um, time in the Nephite lands. So we've talked a lot about Amalekiah and about the the, the attack that he made, uh, and they managed to fight off the Lamanites for the, for the time being. But now the Nephites, and in particular Captain Moroni, see this uh, small period of time of respite as an opportunity to prepare further for battle. Um, Captain Moroni certainly knew that uh, the time hadn't finished, that Amalekiah hadn't finished his supposed work and so in verse 1 of Alma 50 it says and now it came to pass that Moroni did not stop making preparations for war or to defend his people against the Lamanites for he caused that his army should commence in the commencement of the 20th year of the reign of the judges that they should commence in digging up heaps of earth around all the cities. Um, President Henry B. Eyring said quote there is another even more important preparation we must make for tests that are certain to come for each of us. What we will need in our day of testing is a spiritual preparation. It is to have developed faith in Jesus Christ so powerful that he can, we can pass the test of life upon which everything for us in eternity depends, close quote. And uh, I'm certainly learning myself, actually, that the times where there is not so much testing times happening, those are the times to be really building that strong connection with our Saviour, Jesus Christ, because it is during the times of testing that it's more difficult to build a relationship because we need to have the blessings to make it through that test. Now, obviously, if we can rely on our saviour and get through those times of testing, then that builds our relationship with him even more. But we need to have built that relationship first to be able to benefit from that. Uh, and Moroni, Captain Moroni clearly sees that in terms of his physical preparation. And let's not forget that in a couple of chapters previous, he was building their faith uh, before the battles came as well. So he isn't just, you know, all, you know, focusing on the arm of the flesh. He also will have been, I'm sure, uh, building their faith as he has done previously as well. And in verse 12, uh, we see the result of this. Uh, in verse 12, it says, Thus Moroni with his armies, which did increase daily because of the, the assurance of protection which his works did bring forth unto them, seek to cut off the strength and power of the Lamanites. Uh, and it's interesting that, that, their armies did increase daily because they knew that they would be protected. They knew for surety that their that the that the fortifications that had been built by Captain Moroni would keep them safe, so that they were safer perhaps in in the army, or they felt more safe being in the army because they knew that they would be well protected. Whereas if perhaps they hadn't been as well protected, they wouldn't have joined the army, uh, and their numbers would be less. And that, that's a wonderful principle that I hadn't really noticed before. Um, thinking about, you know, what kind of setting do we build in our home? What do we do? Do we build a home of love and comfort and security for our children? As a leader or a teacher, do we build a love, a, a feeling of security and love in the classes we teach or in the group that which which we lead? You know, I think that's a great principle that and one that I hadn't really just overlooked. Uh, in Alma fifty verse twenty three, it gets so good. Um, that, that behold, there was a never happier time among the people of Nephi since the days of Nephi than in the days of Moroni. Now, in the past, I had kind of misread this and uh, thought it meant 
you know, in terms of the whole history of the Nephites, there wasn't a happier time than this. But actually, it's just referring to the fact that up until that point, since the time of Nephi, uh, there was never a happier time. Uh, John W. Welch said, quote, It is important to remember that this is Mormon writing and looking back. He said there was never a happier time among the people of Nephi, but was this a happier time than the first four generations in fourth Nephi? Um, the text actually states, Never was there a happier time since the days of Nephi than in the days of Moroni. So Mormon was saying down to that point in Nephi history, there had never been a happier time even in the days of King Benjamin. What made this such a happy time? Their faithfulness in keeping the commandments? The Nephites had been through very difficult times and never had there been such a mobilised, unified force. Could it be said that the pioneers' crossing of the plains was the happiest time of the church? It was hard, but they came singing their way across the plains, putting what they had been taught to the test. They put themselves in very dangerous circumstances, believing that God would deliver them, and he did. Close quote. As I love that point that, you know, this, is, this was such a happy time because they were so unified. You can read in, by, at this stage that there was not one contention clearly in the time of the Nephites. And this is why it was so happy. And it's obvious that then when they had that great joy within the four generations, uh, four generations after Christ came, they were so happy then as well. Why? Because there was complete unity in the land. And it's this unity that brings this happiness. Um, and that's what we should be seeking for in our homes, in our wards, in our stakes and so on to be of Zion, to be completely unified. Because then, literally, uh, a year or two later, uh, there was contention in the land of Nephi again, uh, particularly within the land of Morianton. And there was divisions that began there with a man called Morianton who caused a bit of warfare within the Nephites. And then, in Alma 51, we go forward and see uh, the kingmen. And these kingmen, um, they begin here, but they certainly don't end here. Um Craig K. Manskill said this, quote, Nephite faction in the, in the land of Zarahemla, comprising those who wanted to change the form of government from a chief judge to a king during the administration of Bahorin. The kingmen were a prideful, stubborn people who professed to be of nobility. At first, the kingmen peacefully petitioned to alter the law in order to lawfully remove the chief judge Bahorin. However, Bahorin refused to alter the law, which resulted in a dispute among the kingmen and other Nephites known as the freemen. The dispute was settled by the voice of the people in favour of the freemen, and the kingmen were compelled to maintain the cause of freedom, close quote. I wanted to share that quote because it kind of summarises really well what happens in these um, number of verses. But obviously, uh, even though that their petition was was defeated by the, the freemen, as it were, um, and I do find it funny that, you know, they were, they were called freemen and the other people were called kingmen, as if the kingmen you know, didn't want to be free. But I think, obviously, this idea of liberty and freedom was different for these pe groups of people, that the kingmen wanted to be free to change the laws how they saw fit. But, of course, they believed that it was them that had the, the right to change the law as, as nobility, uh, whereas the people that were not um, these kingmen saw that they were free because they all had a voice. Uh, and that's, obviously, you know, a very political discussion there. Uh, and one I'm not going to get into, but um, it's clear that there is obviously um, different opinions in different factions and groups. But it's important that they are unified and follow the laws of the land, which these kingmen, they, be, they, they went about it at first in the right way, but then they uh, obviously didn't um, just to try and get their, their way. 
And in verse 9, we, we, it's outlined why this was such an important time and why, because of this division, uh, the Lamanites started to gain power over the Nephites. It says in verse 9, But behold, this was a critical time for such contentions to be among the people of Nephi. For behold, Amalickiah had again stirred up the hearts of the people of the Lamanites against the people of the Nephites, and he was gathering together soldiers from all parts of his land and arming them and preparing for war with all diligence. Um Clyde J. Williams uh, spoke about this, uh, about how Amalekiah's methods here reflect, this, uh, again, Satan's. He says, quote, Amalekiah's life followed the pattern one would expect of Satan were he given a, more, a mortal probation. Like Lucifer, Amalekiah rebelled against the gospel plan in his thirst for glory and power, and he led others away from the truth. It was Amalekiah's intent, as it was Lucifer's, to destroy the liberty of man. They both sought to make war against the righteous, and in the end, both rewarded their followers with, sor with sorrow, misery, and suffering. The life of Malachiah exposes the pattern followed by many who are the enemies of Christ, close quote. And what's interesting as well is I think that um, this is another uh, indication that this would be what's, what Lucifer would do. He's recognised that the Nephites are at their weakest because they are having these contentions, and then he begins his attack. And they gain a lot of ground and a lot of cities, so much so that Captain Moroni um, basically decides that he needs to take it upon himself to compel these dissenters to defend their, their country or to put them to death. We read this in verse 15. Um, now, obviously, some will look at that and go, oh, that's a bit, you know, don't maybe agree with that. You know, these people. And again, we had this um, discussion earlier or this question earlier uh, with the dissenters um, in Alma 47. Um, but D. Ogden Kelly and Andrew C. Skinner explained it in this way, quote, Moroni demanded fellow citizens' loyalty in fighting to defend their country or be executed. Dissenters were considered traitors, rebels or insurrectionists who would not fight in defence of their country or who promoted civil disobedience were speedily executed. However, this reality of war must be measured against Moroni's reluctance to take up the sword in the first place and his willingness to lay it down quickly when opportunity presented itself, close quote. We must remember that obviously this Captain Moroni, and I think this is why, um, you know, I often, I do think, I, 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 I do, I, I'm sorry, I do question why um, the experience with Zarahemna, which we looked at at the start of the week, was included, because it does seem quite random to have this one battle which wasn't related at all to the Amalekia Wars. Why we have that? little insight into Captain Moroni there. But when I think about it, the main event that happened uh, during that battle was that Captain Moroni stopped the battle when he saw that the Lamanites, who were the attackers uh, and giving offence in the first place, when they saw that they were going to lose and perhaps they were more willing to give up their weapons of war, Captain Moroni stops the battle and says, right, clearly we're going to win. We've been given this victory by our guard. Just give up your weapons of war, promise not to fight, and we will let you go in peace. Um, and I think that that story um, was put in there purposely by Mormons so that we could see that Captain Moroni, you know, instinctively was not a bloodthirsty person. Because if you were to not have that story and then have this experience of Captain Moroni having to basically kill people who wouldn't fight because they just wanted the, the, the country to be overrun, you would question that maybe he enjoyed it. But of course, we know from his... Um, his character and from the experiences we've had with Zarahemna and so on, that he isn't a bloodthirsty person and he would rather not have done this, but it was perhaps just the only way to make sure that there was unity amongst the people, which we saw brought that had brought so many blessings, but they were losing at this point. So 
Thank you for listening today. Uh, it's been a lot uh, and we've not covered everything. We've not even touched on Alma chapter 52 uh, and Amalekiah's death, which I think is an important event, but you know, we're just not going to get time to cover that this week uh, and the significance and symbolism behind that. So have a study of that uh, and that'd be great. Um, thank you for listening. That uh, You can email session at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback and also if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode as well. And also there's the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'd love to hear your comments and I'll be sharing a few of those tomorrow as well. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.